God'll get you for that one. Maud is owned by Shout Factory. God'll get you for that, Walter, is produced for entertainment purposes only. Sponsored in part by Findlay's Friendly Appliances. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of God'll Get You For That, Walter. But not this episode. Not in this episode. No. Uh, my name is Tom Cat, and I am joined by my fabulous co-host, the marvelous Tony Homeperm. Who is she? That's you. Oh. Is it? I wasn't Is sure. It this time? <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. We all like to have an existential crisis. It's yes. fine. It's wonderful. And welcome to God Will Get You For That, Walter, a podcast where we discuss the 1970s hit sitcom, Maud. Uh, this is our episode 47. Yay! Uh, and we are discussing season two, episode 23, Philip's Problem. Mm -hmm. uh, it originally aired February 26th, 1954. Directed, of course... 1954? 1974. <laughs> 54. The lost episode! <laughs> the lost episode. The really lost episode. The really, really, really lost episode. So, that, so it was... When was it? February, February 26th, 1974. 74. 74. 74. Okay. All right. Good to know. It was directed by Hal Cooper mm -hmm. and written by Norman Lear, Bud Grossman, and Bob Weisskopf. Okay. Uh, the guest stars are Fred Grandy returning as Chris, Chris? Uh, Philip Bruns as a truck driver, Peg mm -hmm. Shirley as a waitress, mm -hmm. and of course, Brian Morrison reprising his role as young Philip. Philip. Uh, what'd you think of the episode? Well, as, as we were just saying after we finished watching it, I felt it was like, it was sort of like, cute, fluffy kind of episode, yeah. but it wasn't like, it wasn't Groundbreaking. like, yeah, it wasn't, groundbreaking. it wasn't like, certainly not like if you were going to curate like a, you know, top 10 episodes of Maud, oh God, no. it would not be in, oh. it would not be in there. I, mean, I don't even think this is in the top 20. Yeah. You know, not like the worst episode, but just, there was some funny-ish moments. Yeah. There were some moments where it was just like, all right, this is, this is the Maud this is the uh, equation for a good Maud episode. Yeah. It wasn't very Maud-centric, and maybe that's why... No, it wasn't very maybe maud Maybe that's why it just, you know, kind of fell a little flat. Yeah, just a little but, bit. You know? I felt like it was more focused on Philip, yeah. Carol, and Chris than anything yeah. else. Yes. Yeah. And I guess that was the problem. The missing factor. That was... More Maud. Yeah, it just it needed, needed more Maud. It needed more Maud. <laughs> but, you know... But we digress. But we let digress. us let us set the scene. So it opens. Uh, Walter's in the living room. Yep. Maud comes in through the door. Um, you know she's greeting him and she's telling him that uh, uh, his car's almost his, out of gas. It's almost out of gas. She used his car. Yes, she did use his car. And he's like, you know, and why? Walter's like, my car gets nine miles to the gallon. Yours gets twenty-two. Yours is in the garage. Why didn't you take yours? You know, we're you're supposed to be saving gas. And she said, I. I am saving gas. My, my car's full. It's full. <laughs> my car has a full tank. Yes. So now, as I was, as I've told you in past episodes, you know, this is right around the time the energy crisis. You're going through the energy crisis, yep. and uh, you know, getting gas was a uh, was a chore. It was a big problem. It was a chore. You know, there were gas stations with with lines. You know, it, it's actually remember um, right after I think it was Hurricane. Sandy, mm -hmm. um, here on Long Island, yep. a lot of the a lot of the gas stations you you couldn't get gas, and yeah. they were you know like uh, our usual place. I remember because both cars were like almost on fumes, oh, and no. they were like you know all of a sudden uh, uh, I don't know what what uh, led us to to do it. Frank somehow found out that the the local gas station had gas, 
So we like took both cars out and you know got on on online and I, I think like we had to wait about an hour. Yeah, that sounds to get right. up to the pump. Yeah, to get gas. And I was like, wow, this like reminds me of, you know, back in the seventies when you know uh, I would go with my mother and we'd be waiting online to uh, get gas in the car. Yeah. And then then for a while it was um, they had odd even if your plate the list. A number of your plate ended in an odd number or an or an even number that depended on what day you could go get get gas. Like yeah. like Monday, Wednesday, Friday was I think was like odd. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday was even. It was something. It was something like that. So it does make sense though. Mm -hmm. It does. And again, it, it's one of the reasons why my family says like if there's ever like a big rainstorm or a big snowstorm, go fill up your car yes. before just so yeah. that you have a full tank of gas. Yeah, because the thing about, you know, because we are an island, you know, yeah. and it's um, really, there's there's not that many for the um, oil trucks to get into Long Island. Um, there's only so many avenues to take. Yeah, uh, basically it's, it's the LIE. Yep. Because they can't take the, uh, they can't go on the parkways. No, they can't. They've got to go on the to, expressway. They have to take the expressway. Yeah. So if anyone listening is, you know, and lives in a different uh, part of the country or world, here on Long Island, uh, trucks, commercial vehicles, can only drive on the expressways. Yeah. They cannot drive on parkways. And have you ever seen a truck uh, on on a lot of our parkways? We have those low bridges. And uh, we've all seen our share of <laughs> trucks, like and eighteen some of wheelers, us have all been stuck in yes, that specific that make the mistake traffic. of going onto the expressway and thinking they're gonna make it through that low and overpass, they don't. and they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. And so yeah, sad. I saw like one truck where like he tried to go through, and like the the container that they stick on, you know, was like it, it was like ripped and like twisted and if you're fortunate you 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 stop and mm. you know the police come and they they back you off of the parkway and uh, there's a lot of fines just for that oh yes a but, lot of fines just for that but at least you haven't like you know caused all this damage, and damage. of you know, trying to get what makes them think they're going to get through <laughs> hope yeah Hope that's what they think will get these yeah. deals. So um, then uh, Carol proceeds to head storm down, storm down from. She's yelling at Philip. Yep, because Chris is coming. She wants. She had told him to clean his room, and he says if he mm. wants it clean, call an exorcist. Call an exorcist. That's how. That's how. So the child is. is obviously being unruly yes. and upset and angry for. And Maud is just oh, isn't that what she was like? Oh, isn't that cute? He hasn't even seen the exorcist. Yeah, and Carol's like, no, he's he's being a, he's being a brat. Yes, and she says like, if if Philip keeps it up, he's going to fail all. He's going to flunk all his, his, his and classes. We we come to a very interesting topic where Maud goes, no, Philip is an absolutely bright child. Yes. He gets it from my he side. Takes after family. my side. Yeah, takes after my side. Yes. Um, and then there's a discussion about even the Walter is not. Related by blood. Mother is not related by blood, so I don't know why I, my mom I, would say something like that. I don't know, but she brings up about uh, Walter's side. Um, so and uh, Maud says, what can you say about a side of the family that 
you know, was occupying... Was made obsolete. Was made obsolete by automatic automatic pin setters. setters. Yes. Which, to those that don't know, years ago, you know, they had... When you went bowling. Yes, when you went bowling, they would... There was somebody people, who would there was someone who reset would put, the pins. Who would reset the pins. They didn't, you know, they didn't always have that, you know, that that, that thing mechanism that came downstairs and you know came downstairs. They came down and then set the pins. Set themselves. the pins. Yes. Uh, Honestly, I saw that and I was like, were they talking about pins in a bowling alley or were they talking about pins and grenades? No, pins in bowling alley. I mean, years ago they would have people that would ting bombs or, yeah. or missiles to make sure that they were defective. That is true. <laughs> That is true. But uh, I assume he was talking about bowling. Yeah, okay. We, we both... For the sake of argument. <laughs> for the sake of argument, it was bowling. We'll say I'm right. We'll say pin setters <laughs> that were setting pins for bowling. For the sake of argument, and just to make me happy, we'll and say I'm right. And just to make you happy, we'll exactly. say you're right. So, um, you know, she's tried talking to him, and she starts thinking that, you know, because her and Chris are going away yep. for a few days. Yes. Chris has a... Uh, college a, reunion. A college reunion. A college reunion. And she's thinking, you know, maybe we maybe we shouldn't go away. And uh, oh, that's when they start going through the uh, the suitcase. Yes, Maud's okay. like, you, first of all, you don't know how to pack. Yes, she has to. Maud wants to repack everything that Carol's put away because, and, of course, she does. You know, and, and she holds up a deck of cards and a seat and a nighty. Yes, and uh, you know, Maud says, "Well, in my day, I would bring either I would bring one, one of the or the other." other, or the other. And she says, coincidentally, if I brought the deck of cards, you wouldn't wouldn't be be here. here, Yes. But even before that, she remarked that, um, you know, Carol was like, oh, you know, you you shouldn't be, you know, repacking my stuff. And she's like, even Harry Kissinger's mother. Henry Kissinger's mother packs for him. Packs for him. And then Carol says, no wonder he looks like such a slob. Yes. Or so frumpy. So frumpy. Yes. And it's at that point, also, there was was more banging from upstairs. Yes. Definitely more banging. Yes. Philip was being quite... Quite unruly. Yes, um, you know, and um, I, was it? Uh, someone says marked, it's, the, it's the devil. The devil's making, making him, him do it, it because he, you know, he wanted the Exorcist, and Carol was saying that you know he's being a holy terror. Yep, which he is. And uh, Maud is trying to just you know tell Carol that laugh it's just it a phase. Just laugh it off. It's a phase. And I think that's when she finds the pack of pills. Yeah, it was a pack of vitamin C. It was, it was vitamin C. And she holds up the pack of pills, and we're sort of believing that it's like, like birth control. Birth pills. control pills. Yes. And Carol goes, no, it's, it's vitamin C. Vitamin C. And Maud goes, oh, does that work? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think at that point there's more banging. And yes. You know, Maud is just sort still keeps blowing it off. Yeah. And Carol is like, you know, you're making excuses for him. And that's when Walter chimes in saying that, you know, the kid just, he needs a kick in the keister. He does. He needs a kick in the pants. And Maud is, is you know... Vehemently against violence yeah. and uh, you know corporal and, punishment yeah. and and these things and uh, and what's your, what what is your feelings on you know cor- why you why are you spanked as a, as a kid um in a technical sense no uh-huh. uh but I would get the shoehorn I would get the wooden spoon mm-hmm. I would get. Well, that's you know, corporal punishment. It is still corporal punishment. Yeah. Yes, I remember there was one time, and this was this was a memory that I have very very distinctly in my head. I was watching I was watching either cartoons or I was watching something, and it was dinner time. And you know, Italian household, dinner's mm. on the table. You go, you eat. Yes. So I was just I was just chilling on the couch, and mm. I was I don't know if I back talked, I don't uh-huh. know anything, but I just remember my father storming into where I was, grabbing me by the hair. You had hair then. I did. I had, <laughs> I had quite a head of hair then at one point. It was. Thin. 
in, but it was there. Um, and I remember him just grabbing me by the hair and pulling me to oh, the table, geez. and it was just, it was so maybe that's what happened to the hair. Probably more than likely, the follicles were just like we don't want to go through that again, and just started to decide, they decided to recede at that point. He's like goodbye, cruel world. Um, but yeah, I remember. I mean, my father was never. Uh, I think I remember once he like slapped my sister across the face, uh -huh. but his was more in his bark than mm. it was with his bite. Um, just uh, even today, like if my father screams for whatever reason, like just my blood runs cold. Oh. Um, uh, even right now, like I feel like goosebumps oh. and chills and whatnot. Like, yeah, it was not not fun, uh -huh. not fun. Um, but I think that would be more how I was raised rather than, it, it wasn't, it was never physical, it was always verbal. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was always a very verbally abused child. Um, and you know, even, even today, like my father or my mother will like say something out of term or like say something that's like really disagreeable and you know, you have to look at it and say, mm -hmm. I'm 30 something you, you, words have very little meaning to me right now and if hmm. you think that they do then maybe you're the one that needs to be in therapy and not me hmm. um hmm. but more often than not when it comes to punishing a child um i feel like there does need to be a little bit more focus on talking to the kid rather than uh, rather than using brute force mm -hmm. um this episode does deal heavily with you know talking about and actually physically doing a harm to a child. Mm. Um, so if you guys are triggered by that type of specific violence, then, you know, please just continue listening for your own safety or sake, or just don't listen, whatever, whatever helps you sleep at night. Um, but you know, as someone that was very, uh, I was always very into psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel like if anything is going on with the child, there does, there does need to be, there is some type of underlying right. reason why the sure. child is behaving in that specific way. True. Um, I mean, if anything, last resort. Right. Last resort. Yes. Yes. I think I remember my mother saying like maybe once or twice when I was like, maybe like around two or something mm -hmm. that I was, you know, uh, being bratty and, you know, she gave me like a, a whack on, on the bottom and, you know, I, you know, I, I, I cried. She like, put me down for a nap and then I woke up and I was, I was like, you know, back to my, you were back to normal, back to normal, quote unquote normal. Yeah. And, uh, other, you know, and I don't really even have any, any memories of it. Mm. I don't really ever remember getting a spanking or, or anything. I was very, I was very intelligent as a child. Yeah. So much so they like, uh, I started kindergarten and they actually, after only like about two or three weeks, they said, they called in my parents and said, you know, we think, he, we think he's too mature for kindergarten. We want to put him in, in, in first grade. So I yeah. was always, I was always like younger than everybody yep. I was, I was in, in class with. Um, and so... But I mean, there, you know, not, not for anything, again, because I mentioned psychology, there is also a specific level of ADHD or potentially mm. an undiagnosed autism. Right. Or there, this is anecdotal, and actually, if people that hear this story hear it, I might, get, I might get in trouble for it. But regardless, there was a member of my family that was very unruly, very mm. disruptive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, one, there was another family member that said, well, why don't you take him to a child psychologist mm -hmm. and, like, have him diagnosed? Mm -hmm. And, well, hell, the mother of said child was furious at the notion. Uh, at the notion. And it, it, okay. really, it really caused a rift. 
mm-hmm. in, in the family because of that. Oh. But the thing is, there really is something there were, there, yeah. full of them that needed to be diagnosed at a young age. So it was just, it was definitely mm-hmm. one of those things that like, you know, you don't want to have that conversation, especially during the 80s. But nowadays, yeah. with, with um, therapists so readily available, especially if the insurance will cover it, yeah. you know, it's worthwhile to potentially have that done if there is something. I think schools are more ready to like um, advise that yes, parents definitely. to at this point. definitely. That, Definitely. You know, then years ago, because yeah. years ago it was just, shh, yeah. We everything under we the don't talk, We don't talk about that child. Right. That, that child's the problem child. It's right. okay. We we love that child regardless. Yeah. But it's like mm, you're doing yourself a great disservice you know, by doing that. Yeah. Just yeah, like leave them behind. Put them in like the class with you know yep. that you know all the other kids like them. You know, just sort of like shove them to the back, yep. push them in a corner, yep. that kind of that kind of a thing. Yep. 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 Which yep. probably still does happen too. Yes, more than likely. I would not be the least bit surprised. Yes. So. So that's uh so that's that's our, our that's our experiences with with, you know, that. Yes. Um, so Maud is vehemently against it, saying that's all you do is brute right. force, seduce right. women right. and beat children. Right. And Walter's like, "Hey, that's not a bad life." Mhm. Mhm. And now, uh, there was something about, about running the away with the circus, right? Running away with the circus. And, you know, Maud's like, well, you know, you could get a job working as um, someone. They, Ringling Brothers is hiring for someone to walk around and follow the elephants. Yeah, All you have to do is soft carry, uh, so, walk softly and carry, carry a, a big, big shovel. shovel. Yes. And there was a jolly old laugh for that. Yes. And Philip continues banging. And Walter says, you know, he needs a good spanking. And yeah. then he, said, he talks about that. Proverb, that, that very, very, uh, the Christian and, proverb. Yeah. In order to get the angel on one end, you yeah, gotta beat, beat the, the devil, devil out of him on the other. On the other. And yes. uh, Maud says a beautiful, a beautiful expression that she'll file, file it. It's almost lyrical. Yes. Uh, that she's gonna file it under beautiful sayings. Yes. B.S. Yes. And Carol is, you know, saying that, you know, we that she's got to do something about about his behavior. Yeah. He, you know. And Maud just continues to say he just needs love and understanding. Love and understanding. And at that point, Philip comes, comes downstairs down. and says, yes. oh, all he needs is, is love and understanding from the grandmother he adores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. Maud says, Philip, I'm going to take you to see the princess it's and the, the pig. pig. So Philip proclaims, who, who the, the hell cares? cares? <laughs> and he storms off into, into the, the kitchen. kitchen. And uh, Carol, you know, she's, she wants him to apologize. <laughs> Walter says, "Where the hell does he get language yeah, like that from? Where the hell does he learn that language?" And Maud says, "How the hell do, how I, the know? Hell do I know?" <laughs> and Walter's saying that you know he he wants to discipline him. Yeah. And Carol is, is insisting he's got to be punished. Yeah. And Maud is, is basically like you know she says she's gonna take it upon herself. She will beat the child. I'll beat the child. I'll beat him till he's black, black and, and blue. Blue. Right. And so she proceeds to go into the hunt, into the kitchen, and then you know here she's supposed to be you know going she's in, storming being, in. She's being docile, and she's yeah. like, "Philip, Philip, you, you know I, you do know that I am going to have to punish have you. Have to punish you." So Philip raises his hand, slaps his pants, and says, "Okay, yeah, why not?" And yeah. then goes right over Maud's knee, right, as to prepare himself for to prepare being himself for spanked. being spanked. Yes, which actually now that it, now that I think about it, yeah. Um, like if he's, if they've never done like spanking corporal punishment, 
What led Philip to just automatically... Oh, I'm sure that, he, I, you know, suspend your disbelief a little bit. I'm sure that because he goes to I school... I can't! <laughs> I cannot! It's a sitcom! I can't suspend my disbelief! Yes, there are rules! There are rules against... <laughs> rules of watching Rules sitcom. that must be obeyed! But, I mean, one can assume True. that... One can assume that Philip would learn this type other of kids get from spankings other kids getting spanked Yeah, or maybe well. probably seeing a kid get spanked. Exactly. Well. Okay. All right, I'll... I'll I'll accept I mean, that. Well, you know, it's it's funny that we mentioned that. Were there any other children on a sitcom prior to Maud that were beaten? Um, or were there any other specials that were that would go over child child punishment? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Then the only place you would be know. able to learn it would be in school. True. I guess. Makes sense. Eh. So um, Maud, of course, she's not going to really spank him. And she's so, so she's asking, she's like, are you really, really angry? angry? And he's like, yes. Yes. And just the cute, just the cutest face on him. Yes. The most durable, like, yes. Yes. And Maud's like, you, you're so angry that you could scream. You could scream. And he goes, oh, yeah, would yeah. I? So yeah. she's like, all right, so then scream. And she yeah. claps her hands. Yes. Claps her hands and he's screaming. Yes, like that. yes, and you know we see we we see uh, Carol and Walter out in the Carol and Walter like they're, they're like they're like what is happening yeah like what there? is going on because it's just hearing it you would think that she's like you know murdering the child yes. and, and and she she ducks she ducks her ducks her, her head out, out into says, the well I hope you're happy I'm beating the child senseless it's break it's breaking it's my, breaking my, my heart. heart. And, then, and, and of course, she's like ducked out, and all of a sudden you hear Philip lets out one more scream. One more scream. And then it's like. And blows her cover. Yeah, and then, you know. Blows her cover. Maud's like, that's some. Uh, uh, Walter's like, that's some heck of a reach one you've heck got. One of a reach you've got. Because obviously, she, you know. She was not. She was not really spanking him. She was not spanking the child. Yes. And, uh, and, and I think she was saying he was just drinking his milk. Yes, just drinking his milk so yes. that he grows up big and strong to be like Mark Smith. Yes, yes, that was another thing that they, they remarked on about, yep. yes, uh, Maud was like, you know. Yeah, because Maud comes back in and is just like, Philip, now, like, please just drink your milk mm -hmm. and grow up big mm -hmm. and strong to be like Mark Spitz. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I think Maud exits mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, she's like, I left him in there. Mm -hmm. He's now drinking his milk like a good little boy. Mm -hmm. And we overhear Philip scream, I, I hate milk! And, and the, throws. You hear the glass You breaking. hear the glass shattering. Yes. And Maud goes, well, there goes all of his advertising money. Mm-hmm. And it's about at that point, Chris comes in. Yes, Chris enters. And he makes a, a mark about, um, you know. Shaving and driving. Yeah, driving 50 miles. 55, 55 miles, miles, per hour. miles an hour. Because before that, yeah. before that gas crisis, um, you, can, <laughs> you can drive, I don't know what the, uh, on the on the highways, I don't remember what the like the speed limit was, mm -hmm. but it was, I remember it was a 65, 75, maybe even eighty five. I can believe that. But you I know, mean, there are still parts of Connecticut that you can like get away with driving at eighty five miles an hour. You know, and uh, yeah, and so it was like all of a sudden now on the highways, you're only supposed to drive fifty five. And uh, you know, people, that explains the song "You Can't Drive 55. Yeah, uh, yes. Well, though that well that that came out. Quite a ways. Ways after, after. That. just a ways after. That was um, what's what's his name oh, uh, from uh, Eddie Van, Van Halen? Halen? Not, no, he's the one who took over for David Lee Roth in Van Halen. Oh God, uh, I know who you're talking about. His you name know, escapes I, I can't remember his his name. Famous famous singer, um, Eddie. Not no, not Eddie. I wanted to say Eddie Vedder. It's not Eddie Vedder. Not Eddie Vedder. <laughs> not Eddie Vedder. 
I'm not Eddie Vedder. We have oh, to, we have to look sake. this this up now. So he was he was the singer who replaced Van Halen. Uh, who was replaced the lead singer with David Lee Roth? With yes, it was David Lee. It was David Lee Roth. It was Sammy Lee. Hagar. Sammy, Sammy Hagar. Hagar. We had to, yes, we yes, had to yes. look it up. Yes, we did I have to look. Can't drive fifty five. There you go. Yes, and uh, yes, but we digress. We we digress. But that's why he was remarking about the fifty five yes mile per hour speed limit, and uh, and of course we're still hearing more things being broken in the kitchen yeah. and Walters. Well, we hear the disposal the, yes, the in the sink yes. crushing up the glass. Yes. So now not only is Philip destroying the glasses, mm -hmm. he's now destroying the sink. The sink. And Walter's like, that's the last straw. And he takes his belt off and yes. puts it around his neck. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm. you know, Maud is like, you lay one hand on that sh on, on that grandson of mm. mine, and it's the only thing of mine you're ever going to lay your hands on. Right, right. So at that point, Carol gets the bright idea to, like, ask. Or no, Chris. Chris uh, is like, well, why don't I, don't have, why don't I have a conversation with right. him? Because right. Chris is a pediatrician. He yeah, understands Because they were all children. sort of arguing, and then Chris... Actually yells over all of them. Which yes, somebody yelling over Maud is kind of like just that alone. That's a challenge of, in and of itself. Yeah, and he's he's saying that you know Philip he's got an emotional excuse me he has an emotional problem. Yes, why you know why doesn't he talk to Philip after all he's, he's a pediatrician. A, he's a pediatrician. You know, and they were so all sort Carol's of like, like yeah, that, I mean, yeah, if that, anybody can get through to him, you can. That he, makes sense. Carol says he adores you. Yeah. So, uh, so Chris goes, into, goes the kitchen, into the kitchen and he sees Philip eating and he immediately assumes that Chris is eating cream cheese cream and jelly. Cream cheese and jelly. Have you ever eaten cream cheese and jelly? No, no, but what I have eaten is cream cheese and peanut butter. Okay. It's delicious. I don't know about that. I insist you try it at least once in your I life. I will try. It is delicious. I will try, I will try it once. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with cream cheese and jelly. I love cream cheese and jelly. I would probably eat cream cheese and jelly. Uh, uh, Philip was not eating cream cheese and jelly. He was no. eating peanut butter and jelly. But and jelly. Chris just kept on saying, like, they used to call me the cream cheese and jelly kid. Yeah. Oh, I love cream cheese and jelly. Yes. Cream cheese and jelly. Cream cheese. He yeah. said cream cheese and jelly one, one more, more time. time. Yeah. But I think it was just to get the joke across that Philip was eating peanut butter peanut and jelly. Really. And, and also to show that, you know, despite the fact that Chris is a pediatrician, Maybe not that great with dealing with kids. An unruly child. Yeah, with an unruly child, but not being a parent. How do you... I, for me, mm. I hate being called buddy. Buddy. I hate being called buddy. I hate being called pal. I hate being... Hate sweetie. it. Sweetie. Hate. Sweetie is marginal. <laughs> I have no problem being called sweetie. I Cuts. have no problem being called... <laughs> You're pushing it. You are pushing it, friend. Little woman. <laughs> the little woman. The little woman. Walter, when I got up to stand, they laughed for five minutes. Uh, That's an entirely different episode that we went over. Uh, but I j just him calling Philip buddy. Buddy. I'm like, don't don't yeah, call him buddy. Yeah. Don't call him buddy. Do not call mm. him pal. Do not yeah. call him kiddo. Yeah. None of that. So None Chris that. is he's, he's saying to Philip, he says, that, you know, he can tell he's unhappy. Yep. And, you know, he's saying, you can, you can talk to me about it. Philip just continues to eat. And the, the has the gr a grimace on his yes. face. Yes. 
you know, and Chris tries to point out, he's trying to create uh, a, a bond, I guess, between him and Philip yeah. so that, you know, sort of kind of like a, a, a psychological thing, uh, you know, and he says, you know, we both have a lot in common. Yep. You know, like this, he's pointing out that they both, you know, love Carol. Yep. And Philip gets mad at that point and he, he says, she's your girl. And, um, and Chris is like stumbling and fumbling yes. over his words, and uh, if, you know Philip storms into the living room out. and just screams back at Chris, "You're a jerk!" You're a jerk. And then runs upstairs. And Chris is like, "He hates me." And, and Maud course... says, "Thank God, I thought it was me." Yes. And that's when we cut to commercial. That's when we go to commercial. And when we come back, Carol is bereft. She's like, "Philip, you come back down here and apologize." Mm -hmm. And at that point, Arthur comes in. Arthur just storms on into the house. Of course. Just storms on into the house. No knocking, no nothing, just... Yes. And I believe um, he was he, he needed to borrow a flashlight. Because, because the pa the energy crisis... Because of the energy crisis. They turn off their lights. Because I, I remember this. I remember mm -hmm. this being a thing that they mm -hmm. did. They would turn off their power mm -hmm. for one hour. Because mm -hmm. um, I remember them... They also did that, I think, in the 90s. Where you would just unplug mm. all of your all of your power sources right. because it would just reduce yeah. it would reduce it would just it would reduce electricity use right. Um, now they talk, they say even today that you should be do that like yes that are, definitely definitely practice. Here's today. the thing though things that like are like you know have to be like. Um, Reset like for time and yes, all. Yes, that I ain't unplugging those things. No, <laughs> I, I ain't resetting the clock. Every oh time God. I want to use something. It, let me tell Sorry. you something. Every time the power goes out, the first thing my father says is, well, now we got to reset, reset the effing yes. things. And I'm yes. just like, why Why does it bother you? Why does it? I know it's tedious. I know it's time consuming. Then you know something? Just use something else. Use something else to wake you up in the it's morning. Like, I'm so bad. Like like when we do daylight savings, I don't even bother to turn yep. change in, in my car. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll just let it be an hour just off. Just let it be an hour Until off. it goes until back. Until it goes again. back. <laughs> well, you know, they're trying to... Yes, get rid of daylight. Marco Rubio, in his infinite wisdom, mm. decided to introduce a bill saying, let's just have it be one time for always. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, well, whatever. need something else to do when you're not something going else. to those phone parties. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. Yes. Oh, that's so sad. I know. So, you know, Arthur's like, you know, I can't find Vivian. Yes. She's, she, I, I can't she find her. She got lost in the dark. She got and, lost in the dark. And Maude's and like, well, well, maybe she's just hiding. Maybe she's hiding. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide to ask Arthur Arthur's advice about Philip. Since, yep. you know, he's also and a doctor. Arthur was asking some very poignant questions. Right, right, Like, have right. you ever demonstrated yes. in front of the child? Have you ever been, been physically demonstrative? Yes. Uh, and you know, Chris is like, "No, I haven't done mm -hmm. that." Or, and Arthur asks, "Because they told him uh, that he, Philip called Chris a jerk." Yes, and, and he's like, "You don't say." And so yeah, you don't say. Is that he, so? You know, and you know, and Maud turns to Carol like, "While Arthur's doing this line of questioning, saying, I think you should get a third opinion.'" Mm. So, so um, uh, Arthur is like asking, you know, "Have you been this demonstrative in front of the child? Have you done this?" Have you done done that? And they're like, no, no, no. And he's like, well, and Arthur goes, well, do you think maybe he has maybe a point? Maybe he has a point. <laughs> Blind that Chris is a jerk. Has it ever occurred to you yeah. that maybe he has a point? And uh, <laughs> Maud wants to know 
if his if if his Bra- brain is his radio- brain is being controlled by a fly, radio controlled by a fly. <laughs> if they ever did a study on you, they'd find out that your brain is being yes. controlled by a fly. <clears throat> and Arthur's he's he's points out that you know he did a paper for on a medical post nasal drip. Post nasal drip. Nasal drip. Oh my goodness gracious! And then Maud comes back by saying, you know, they're gonna get you one day for Christian si- to be the Christian mm-hmm. Science Monitor. Yes. So, and Arthur, Arthur storms out. Indignant, he storms out. Yes. So um, Arthur just, I guess they just felt they had to throw. Um, they had to throw Red Bane. A, they threw him a bone. A bone. They threw him a bone. Because it, it really, the his presence. Well, because there they were, a, they much. were, they were asking him because, like, even Chris said at the beginning, like, you're a doctor. You've mm-hmm. been a doctor for a number of years. Right. You obviously have a finger on the pulse of like what it is to be right, right. a patient. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the reasons why I think that they had encouraged him to be there. But at the same time, like, it right. really was a throwaway bit. Right. Um, so, um, Chris, he has suggests, an idea he suggests that, that they that, take Philip with them. Yes, and Carol's like, a college reunion is no place no, for a child. Right, he's not going to have He's not gonna have fun at a college reunion. And even reunion. Maud was like, you don't want the child to control your life. Right, you know. And she's, she talks about, like, that one time when she was engaged to Harry... And she was eight years old, and she... Carol was eight Carol years old. Carol was eight years old. <laughs> Carol was eight years old when, when Maud was engaged to Harry. Yes, and, and Walt is like, who's Harry? Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, what is this? Because, and Maud's like, please, he was just my fiancé. Yes. He's not the type to marry. Right. And Walter, under his breath, uh, I said, one in a million. One in a million. Uh, so, um... Maud is insisting that Carol go on the trip without Phil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, it really, it makes you ask the question, as a parent, when do you say to your child, me and daddy or me and so-and-so, like Uncle Chris or Uncle whomever, are going to go off on this trip alone without you? Mm. Like, at what point would that be appropriate? Right. Because there are some people that, I mean, especially in today's world where you have parents that are, like, both working parents. Mm-hmm. They can't, either the in-laws have to watch the child mm-hmm. or they hire a nanny. Yes. Very true. So it, it's it's very interesting because I think up until this point, they never really went anywhere without Philip. Right. I don't think they went anywhere at all. Yeah. It didn't seem like. Nope. It seems like either, this was the first time. Yes. That's what it seemed this like. This definitely felt like the first time. Yes. Um, um, so that's definitely new for Philip to, yes. that's definitely a new experience for Philip. Yeah. So Maud, you know, she, she wants them to go on their vacation and she says, you'll, you'll solve the problem when you return. Yes. Stop worrying. And at that point, I think Philip comes downstairs yes. holding a model, uh, boat. boat. Yes. And you know, here he, Maud goes, here he comes, our sunshine, our sunshine boy. boy. And, um, give a cheery, uh, you have a cheery goodbye for your ma, for your mother. Well, she also asks him to apologize to Chris for calling Oh, yes, him. yes, yes. And, you know, he holds out shakes his hand his to hands, shake his, his hand and says, sorry, I called you a name. Yeah. And Maud holds him close and says he's an angel. Yeah. He's an angel. Yes. So, uh, Carol kisses Philip goodbye. And it was a very, like, somber goodbye. Like, yeah, like Carol's like, I love you very much. I love you. We'll see you when we get back. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Chris is like... Oh, that was when she Maud told, told Chris... I told Philip to shake hands and apologize to Chris. Yes. Okay. Yes, you are correct. You know, and and Chris, and then they're, then they're, they he does. Carol and Chris are going out the door, and Chris is like, you know, I've I've been called worse. <laughs> Philip says under his breath, "I'll bet." I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. 
He was a little. He was. A, he was a bit bratty in this episode. Just a little yes. bratty in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, they go to leave. Oh no, he. They go to leave, and Philip says under his breath, "Old jerk." Yeah. Because yeah. I think Chris calls him old buddy. Or yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll see you yeah, later, old pal. Yeah, or yes. Just. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, jerk. And so, that's when Walter's like, I'm going to go read a book. Before he starts in on me. Yes. So Maud and Philip are alone. Yeah. So Need help on the poop deck? She wants to help him with his model ship. Yeah. Did you ever make a model when you were a kid? Nope. No? Nope. I made, I did. Legos. I loved I, Legos. I loved Legos, too. I loved Legos. I had Legos. a giant, giant set of Legos. Yep. Yes, I loved my Bionicles Legos. were my favorite. I love the the figures that you were like able to like manipulate yeah, the way that they moved that was, and whatnot. Was, that was that was after before your time. my time. That was after, after time. my time. I'm after, so sorry. Reclaiming my time. You're, you're, <laughs> reclaiming my time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after hell. my time. Yes, it was definitely after. Yes, your but time. I did actually. I did make some models. Actually, I my brother and my sister do make. They they, they were the ones that were really into building. I liked. Models. I I had like uh like uh spaceship models. Like I made like the Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. I remember in my room. I made like the the when they came out with the Star Trek the movie the first yes. one and they remade the Enterprise and all that. I I made like you know that the Enterprise mm-hmm. the model and I used like a uh, fishing wire and I had it like suspended off the ceiling in my room. Yeah, like and I had it some other like very cute, very cool things. Because you know I me, mean, I love the sci-fi. Of course you do. I love the Star Trek. Always love the Star Trek. So Maud is trying to help Philip with the, you know the putting the ship together, and she's reading the uh, the, the instructions. Instru- like, and that's how those instructions were. That is how those instructions. You know, were. Like, it was like insert part glue part A to part B. Yeah. Making sure that that part C is inserted prior to putting. Yeah, and it's all this yada yada yada. So she's basically like, I'm just going to glue the, the anchor to this chain. You do all that. Yes. I'll glue the anchor to the chain. Yes. And, and uh, she says, you, you know, she starts having trying to have a conversation with Philip. She yes. says, you know, your mother loves you. And he's like, well, why didn't she take me? Yeah. If she loved me, why didn't she take me? Why didn't she take me along? And Maud is trying to explain uh, that, it's you know. It's a different kind of love. Yes. Uh, Carol and Chris, they love each other. But, you know, there's different kinds of love. There's, like, you know, love for a mother for a child. Yeah. There's love between, you know, a, a man and a woman. Yeah. And you know they're gonna uh, they're gonna get married and, mm-hmm. and, and start a family. Um, and Philip, yes, <laughs> brat that he is, says, "Well, if that's the case, how come you've been married four, four times?" times. Uh, and Maud's like, "You know, I'm glad you asked." She said, "I thought you'd never. I thought ask. you'd never ask." Thank you. <laughs> you know, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, says, this well, was actually a good. This was actually this was one of the best bit. parts. This was one of the good bits. So she was. She's. She's detailing the, the her her different marriages, and she said, "Well, I married Barney, Barney, and I made him happy. Yes, because Barney died. Yes, and then I met a man named Chester, Chester. and made him happy." Mm-hmm. And then I met a man named Albert, Albert, who your grandmother made happy in just seven, seven months. months. <laughs> and I think Philip then asks. About Walter. About making Grandpa happy. Yes. Right? And I think Maud says, well, he really loves your grandmother, so he'll never be that happy. He'll never be that happy. <laughs> Honestly, that would be a conversation between me and my grandmother. Okay. Uh, that's when we cut to this diner. This dive diner bar yes, situation. That um, uh, uh, Chris and Carol have, have walked Stopped into. Stopped off in. 
and they're arguing right as soon as they, you know, enter into the diner. Yep. And the waitress even says to them, are you here to eat or argue? And they say, they say argue. argue. And then the waitress goes, <laughs> oh, you've been here before. You've been here before. <laughs> so I think they order coffee, and then they go mm-hmm. to sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. And when they go to sit not at the, the bar. Not the bar. <laughs> it's not called a bar. What is it called? A breakfast nook? Not a breakfast nook. Just a serve it. They were sitting at the, you know, at the uh, the. The dining, it's just at the... It's just a dining table? The, the, well, it wasn't a table. It was actually, what do you call that? I would call it a bar. It's not called a bar. It's called something else. The counter. Oh, the okay, counter. The counter. The yes, counter. The, it's the counter. Yes, not the bar. They, they're not sitting the bar. at the, they're at sitting the at counter. counter. Which, you know, because usually in a diner you have, you know, like the counter, which is like just those those tall yeah, spinning the tall, chairs. The tall spinning chairs. And then you would have you would have like the booths those, in the, the back. booths and the tables. Yeah. They were they sat at the counter. Or booths behind the counter. Yes. Yes. So when Ugh. they go to sit down, they're continuing to say like let's go back. Chris is suggesting let's go back. Mm-hmm. Let's bring Philip with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's this older gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, who, I mean, you know, who is that the, wait- the waitress is Peg Shirley, uh-huh. and the truck driver is Philip Bruns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the truck driver mm-hmm. who's saying, you know, if you don't mind my saying so, I have 11 children, so yes. that kind of makes me an authority. Right. On, and and on one in the oven. 11 children and one in the oven. Yes. And you know, like, Carol and Chris stop arguing for a minute, and Carol goes, 11 children? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, you know... They're talking, and you know this guy is presenting that he is an authority on children mm-hmm. because he has so many of them. Mm-hmm. And you know he asks, "How many children do you yeah. guys have?" Right. And uh, you know Chris is like, "Only, yeah. only the one." Well, actually, Chris points out that he doesn't have any. Oh, that's right. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any because because Philip is is uh, is Carol's, Carol's kid, kid, not him, yes. not his. And uh, you know the. Again, the gentleman is asking some relatively invasive questions that you right. would normally answer right. any decent human being. Yes. Um, and, you know, he asks, are you guys married? Mm-hmm. And Chris, like, says, no, we're no. not married. And the guy goes, oh! Mm. Jesus, you well, got to get married you first. You got to get married first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the coffee comes out and... Uh, um, uh, you know, the waitress says, here's your coffee. Mm-hmm. And they look at her and go, I think they go, like, is it coffee? Like, this is the coffee? coffee? And she goes, wait till you taste yeah, it. Yeah, wait till you taste it. <laughs> so this is obviously a place that you really want to go to eat. Yes, no. Uh, so when the, when the guy said that he had, like, you know, 11, 11 kids and that makes him an expert, and, and and Chris points out, well, there's one one thing you're not an, you're not you're obviously not an expert at, yeah. And uh, he says, well, you know, he's been, he's been he tries to save up for the vasectomy. As soon as he saves up enough money for a vasectomy, they have a kid. another kid. They have another kid. Yes, yeah, must be Catholic. Must be Catholic. Oh my lord! That makes Catholic. me think of uh, Monty Python's "The Meaning of Life." Every every sperm is sacred. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Vaguely. I mean, when growing up, I never really was a Monty Python kid. No. Everybody and their mother that I knew was really into Monty Python, and I was just like, it's not for me. So some of it, I some of it, I like. Life of Brian, I liked Life of Brian. Um, the Holy Grail, I could take or leave. I love the Holy Grail. Um, and Meaning of Life was was a good one. Yeah. So some some you know, and of course everybody loves you know um some of the stuff. 
from like the, the from television, like the, yes, the Flying yeah, Circus. You know, uh, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> As a matter of fact, oh my God, there my uh, my my cousin recently announced that he's going to be a minister for weddings. Okay, he got his um he got his licensure. Mm-hmm. And it shocked the hell out of everybody in the family. So he posted it on Facebook, and the one gift that I found was John Cleese Mm -hmm. in a bra and panties, and underneath it it said, and now for something completely different. (laughs) Yes. And And now for something completely completely different. different. Yes. I liked, what was the other one? Oh, the Ministry of Silly Walks. That was a funny one. The Ministry of Silly Walks. That was funny. That That was was enjoyable. That was That was definitely enjoyable. So, so um, Chris is suggesting that they they go back, that they get Philip. Yeah. Um, that you know he'll he'll cancel this this reunion. He'll cancel the reunion. They'll go up to the, the to a cabin to in Vermont. A lodge, I think, in New Hampshire. A lodge in New Hampshire. Yes. Why did I think Vermont? I said that I wrote that initially too, but then you know it was I saw it was it was said later New Hampshire. New Hampshire. So um, I don't know why I thought Vermont myself, but. Upstate, just but further, further upstate, further upstate. And but you know, Carol's like you know, Philip is stubborn, but um, Chris is stubborn too. He's stubborn too. They kiss and they decide that's what they're gonna do. So Carol says she's gonna go call uh, Maud and and, and have him have Maud help Philip pack, get ready, and, yes. and all that. So then we cut back to you know, Maud is she's already got Philip's uh, little suitcase. Yeah, she's gotten him packed up mm-hmm. and you know ready to go. But uh, Philip's in a fighting mood. He is. He is. Yes. He's ready. He's scrapping. Yes. He is a scrappy young he, child. He does not want to go. And Maud's saying, you know, there's going to be uh, skiing and tobogganing. I and, hate skiing. And, I and hate tobogganing. Fun. You know, which is like she doesn't understand because he's always he's always loved skiing and tobogganing. Yep. And you know, Maud is re- trying to reason with saying mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. mother, your mother and Chris love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, Philip is like, if they loved me, they would have taken me in the first place. Tooken, tooken. <laughs> he said tooken. Did he? He said tooken. Okay. <laughs> because Maud then came back saying, um, I think if you keep it up, uh, they're not gonna. They're not gonna tooken you at all, or some of that. Apply. She mm. came back with this with right. a similar remark. Right. Um, and she says, "If you keep it up, I'm gonna glue your, I'm gonna glue you to your dirty socks." Yes. And Philip, he, he's insisting he's not gonna go. He gets really angry, and uh, he he gets takes up, his boat and throws, throws it against at the wall. The, uh, throws it against the wall, mm-hmm. and Maud at that point has had it. Yes. She says, "All right, Captain Bly, over my knee." Yeah. And Philip's like, "No, no, no, don't." Yes. And Maud's like, no, before yeah. you practically begged me to. Right, right. And Philip's like, no, but you really mean it this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he's he's saying that nobody loves me. Um, and and uh, I'm not I'm not sure when, when did, did all the speech come after the two spanks or before the before the spanks. It was before the spanks. It was before the spanks because um, you know Maud finally like sits. Philip mm-hmm. on her knee and says, mm-hmm. you know, if, if Philip is unhappy, it's Philip's responsibility to make Philip happy. Yes, your and happiness if, depends on you, which actually is quite accurate. Yes, very true. It's very true. As a matter of fact, I remember listening to that like the first time and I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, she my happiness is my own. It's not anybody else's. It's, your happiness depends on you. Like it was a very poignant moment between mm-hmm. grandmother and grandchild. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that is sound, solid advice. Mm-hmm. And you know, Philip again indignant says, "Big deal." Yes. 
And Maud yes. says, "Big, do you think yes. that's a big deal? I'll show you the whole oh, deck. deck." Yes, and, and that puts him over knee, her knee and two spanks. Two uh, spanks. Two spanks. I think. I think that's what all it was. I think it was just two. I think it was two spanks, and he's like, "Ow, rocks. ow!" Yeah, and uh, you know, and then Maud is upset at herself. She's like, "Crying, you know, she's what crying. Did, what did you make me do?" She's crying, and Philip is like, "You know." Um, I'm sorry, Grandma. Yeah, he's like, why, why are you crying? <laughs> Shut up, you little Shut jerk. Shut up, you little jerk. <laughs> Philip is now, who should be the one upset, he's the one consoling Maud. Yep. And he gives it's, her, like, he gives her a kiss on the yes, cheek, saying, I'm sorry you did it's that. It's okay. Like, everything's going to be he, all right. He, he's like, you know, he says, I swear it hurt me more than you. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. That, yes. that was it. So they, they hug, and... Um, you know, and I think that's about when uh, Chris and Carol come in. Chris and Carol come in, um, uh, and uh, you know, and all of a sudden he's like, he's a whole different fella. He he's, is a he's, different fella. He's like, a you whole know, different fella. He go, runs over to them. He's hugging them. He's happy to see them. Yep. He's happy to go now. Yep. And um, and by the time he gets to the stairs, mm -hmm. he's he turns to the group and says, "Oh, by the way, Grandma just, just beat, beat the, the hell, hell out, out of, me. of me." Yes. And races yes. up the stairs like a proud little boy. Yes, and that's when um, Maud... Carol and Carol and Carol and Chris like look at Maud like what 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 mm -hmm. happened? And Maud holds her head and says, "Well, you know, it's that old expression: if you, in order to make a child act like an angel on one end, you have to beat the devil out of him on, on the, the other. other." Yes. So and then we and we go we to cut break. To, we we cut to the break. The break. And we come back to the epilogue. And Phillips, he's come in from the living room. They've yep. just got, they've gotten they back gotten from New back Hampshire. And gives Maud a big hug. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, Philip was like, "We went skiing. We went tobogganing. Right, we had right. a really, we had a really good, had time. A good and, time." And you know, Maud is overjoyed. She's yes. like, "Wonderful! This is yeah. great." Yeah, and, he, and Philip points out that uh, Chris is not such a bad guy for, a, a, jerk. for a jerk. Yeah, uh, he he turns to Maud and goes, "You were right. You were right, Grandma." And Maud's like, "What are you talking about?" And Philip goes, "He's not bad for a jerk. Yeah, just an angel. Yes, an angel. Yeah, a, a morsel. That's what he is. A morsel. Sweet darling. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that was the episode. And as I said episode. to you, this was the next to last." Episode this is of the season. Yeah, two. this is the second to last episode. Our next, ep next our, episode. Our next episode is the uh, the series finale. Yes, a season finale. Season so finale. Sorry. Season two finale. Season two finale. And I said to you, I'm because it, it felt kind of fluffy, a bit, a it little bit fluffy. like they were grasping at straws. Yes, yes I think yes, they yes. knew they had a, you know. Probably. I mean, all things considered, an episode like that could potentially air today. Um, it's just, you know, I'm trying to remember when CPS was first founded or when it was created. Mm, I don't know. Um, because, you know, years ago, someone like that would definitely land an older person or a person in general in hot water, um, for, you know, spanking a child. Mm. Like, I think that became, now I'm curious. Now we're, we're curious. I am very Well, curious. I think, um... Corporal punishment for kids was um, the purpose of the Child Protective Services Act of 1973. Mm. So when was CPS established? In, the, in 1980, Congress passed the first comprehensive federal Child Protective Services Act. Yeah. So it was much, it was definitely after the episode aired. Yes. Yes. 
But, you know, this is this actually brings to thinking about like, you know, um, violence and, and everything. Yeah. The, the day that we are um, recording this, there was that big scandal last night at the Oscars with Will Smith oh, striking yeah. Chris Rock. Yeah. I, there's a part of me that wants to believe that it was staged. I don't think it was. There's a part of me that wants to believe that it wasn't staged. Like again, I, I'm I don't too, think it was. I I'm haven't heard anything minds. about it being about it being staged. But I mean, then it, then it calls into question: At what point does a stand-up comedian not poke fun at other people? Like that's the question that needs to be asked. Because at first, Chris Rock was making fun of Jada Pinkett Smith's alopecia. Yeah, and yeah, and you know what? I feel like. Uh, a comedian in that sort of environment, you know, it's one thing if you want to make fun of the movie or some, something about the role, but that yeah, that was that's a, that was a bit inappropriate. Venomous. That was a bit venomous. You know, because that's very, very inappropriate. Well, for for a woman, yeah, especially, yeah, uh-huh. to be you know losing hair, yeah, because I I had um uh, this one woman a, a friend. Who like she was going through something like that, and it was quite devastating for her. Yep, you know, I believe it. I would you know, believe you it. You know, it's it's not a great thing for us men either. No, but especially, it's not, but it's far it's far more socially accepted if yeah. a man deci- if a man is going bald, whereas yeah. if a woman goes bald, it's, it's like, it's you know, it's it's like. Um, that can be very emotionally devastating yeah, for a so. woman. Very so, so for him, and for, to it like... to be, for it to be exploited in such a way, like you know, it's it's a lot. So yeah. for her husband to you know defend her honor in a specific way, you know, but then again, on the other hand, like was it really appropriate for him to have done that live on national television? Right. Like it's almost like one slap across the face deserves yeah. another. Yeah, I don't feel like what what Chris Rock said was appropriate. I also don't like feel like I, what Will Smith did was. Appropriate I don't feel like, like what he did was like was the, the whole either. the whole situation was just in very poor taste on both parts. Yeah, like I mean, poo poo on both of them, but exactly. at the same time, I understood the reasoning behind what Will did. Yeah, like if someone made fun of my significant other in a similar fashion, I'd be like. I'd either get up and leave, mm. or I mean, I would probably like take them aside and be like, "Hey, yo, that was that was inappropriate. Yeah, it wasn't right." Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. I know. It's a very itchy subject. Very. It's a very very itchy subject. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, kudos to Will for handling it as best he could. <laughs> that would be that's that's he didn't he didn't handle it he didn't handle it all that well. He but didn't that was, handle it that well. That was the best he could do. He didn't handle it all that well. But then even, like, already it became a memeable moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... Uh, yeah, well, they said, you know, they, there's that uh, meme of Batman hitting Robin, and they said now it's, it's replaced. And now it's replaced with Will, by, with Will Smith and Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's just, I'm, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel on the subject. I yeah, I don't, like, yeah, um, not, I don't know what to think. There's, yeah. there's really no right way to feel about it. Because, no, I mean, uh, the whole situation was just not handled and well. And then there are people are posting that are just like, yeah, go Will, or, or, or yeah, Chris Rock was in the, like, Chris Rock didn't deserve that, or, and then vice versa, like, very, 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 like, hot topic of the day. And you, you know, I sort of feel like, um, you know what, if, if Chris Rock were performing at, like, a nightclub... 
and you know, oh, and, and, th- th- that's, and they that's were and they were thing. there. Yeah. Then you you know you can sort of expect something like that. Yes. But I, like, I very much agree with that. At at the Oscars, yeah. I don't feel that you sort of you expect that sort of treatment. Yeah. Like I like I say, you know, they, they've had comedians, and you know, it's one thing if they want to make it, you know, sort of a poke fun. At, you know, the, uh, the role or, or something like that. Like, I remember, like, Billy Crystal. Yeah. He told, he told jokes at the Oscars, and, you know, but he didn't, he didn't, like, denigrate people. They were people. never, they were, yeah, it, was, like, it wasn't I like remember, Don Rickles. It wasn't like Don Rickles being, like, he, like an insult comic. I remember one of his best jokes when he was, he was joking about, um, um, oh, Jack Nicholson. Yes. And he said, you know, Jack Nicholson is such such a big star that John Peters still does his hair. Because John <laughs> Peters got his start. He was he he was a boy a, a Barbara Streisand's boyfriend. He was yeah. a hairstylist. And parlayed that into becoming like a big Hollywood producer. Yep. You know, and they say that, you know, John Peters still does his hair. It was funny. It, it was. was it was funny. But it didn't denigrate anybody. Nobody felt chided. Yeah, there, there was no, there was nothing like directly insulting about it. Yeah, it's not like the roast of Jada Pinkett Smith at the Oscars. Right, you know, she, yeah, you're not going to the Oscars for, you know, yeah, that's the other thing. Had it been like, you know, a roast, had it been a roast, it would have been a different story. Different story, because you know, in story. that situation, you know, you're going to be eviscerated. And also, like, not for nothing, and not to like, you know, point it out, but. This was also the night that Liza Minnelli was on stage and she was not looking all that great. No, poor thing. Like, yeah. part of me was just... Life this, has this not is, treated her well. Life has not treated her kindly. Yeah, yeah. But it I mean, happens. you know, Lady Gaga was like next to her the yes. whole time. Like, it was a very touching, sweet moment. Sure. And it was sort of overshadowed by yeah. a slap heard around the world. Yes, true. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that it was... I mean, I am... To a certain degree, do I think that it was staged? Yes, um, because also award shows have been mm-hmm. very poor in ratings. Right. So it's like, you know, next thing you know, there's going to be celebrity boxing, Chris Rock versus Will Smith. Jeez. Oh, no, thank so, you. Just, eh, no, thank you. But, but hooray. 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 Another episode of God will catch you for that Walter in the books. Yeah. If you would like to follow us, you can on Facebook and YouTube at God will get you for that Walter on Instagram at Finley's friendly appliances. If you would like to follow me, you can at that Tomcat in all forms of social media. And that's cat with two T's. Where can they follow you? Well, of course it's Tony home perm. That's Tony, Tony with an I. With an I. Tony with an I. Liza with a Z. Tony with an I. Tony with an I. You can find me uh, on the World Wide Web at TonyHomePerm.com. www.TonyHomePerm.com. Yes. And, of course, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All think, over the place. I think I think that's everywhere. She's all over like dog do. Yes. <laughs> I'm like savoir faire. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I hate you. I hate me too. We thank you so much for listening, and you will hear us again on another episode of God'll Get You for That Walter. Night, guys. Bye bye.